0: Watch how much you're investing because it may not last. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today for our third episode of Beauty Babble. I'm Susandias, Dias, and I'm with Beauty Cult, and I'm the Director of Education and Training. Uh, today will be um, not too long of a segment because I, I know that it's sometimes hard to Um, jump on and stay on for a long period of time. And I know that things can be really busy, so we're gonna jump right to it. So choosing the product lines or potentially equipment, there's a few things that happen. And I know in today's world that we're living in, everything is happening so quickly and people are always uh, jumping on to the new trend and then probably potentially asking you, would you carry this? Would you recommend this? What should I get? And it's hard to keep up with it sometimes. So it's really good to stay on top of what's the trends out there. Uh, But the one thing with trends that you know is Potentially going to go out of style or out of fashion or out of the trend. So watch how much you're investing because it may not last. That's a big one that happens to many of us um, out there that you think this is the latest and greatest. And then within a year, it's gone and you've made this huge investment. And how do you keep it going? The other thing is sometimes the customers expect the change to happen. So, again, just keep in mind, um, it's educating your clients on the best steps for it. And, you know, talk to them about what they like, what they didn't like about it, and that will help as well. So it's extremely important to um, consider, you know, how is this going to impact your current services that you're offering in your place uh, or amongst your staff? If you have staff, will this engage or help your staff to do better. Yes, they can bring the profits and that's the idea behind it that, you know, and your client loyalty that's coming through is important. However, you have to look at it. it can be a costly mistake. Like I said before, there's been machines out there that either um, put you into a pinch because now they don't make certain things for it anymore um, or it's product lines, you can't seem to get the orders in and you have all these people lined up. So just watching and how that'll impact, I'm gonna kind of break that down for you as well. So search the market's really important. I want you to think about um, you know, out in this industry and the beauty industry from hair, nails and skincare products, there's lots of things out there and really do your due diligence and research it just because one particular product line um, is what's out there. Is there anything else that is competitive with it? Uh, Is it something that's gonna differentiate you from the others that are jumping on the bandwagon of the trend? So think about that. The other thing to consider uh, is the internationally known brands. And are there local ones as well? Like sometimes there's something great happening in Europe. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not available in North America. So take a look uh, at your area and see if you can search it out that way. That's the one great thing about the internet. You can find and really dive deep into your research as well. Whatever brand you're going to choose or what you think you want to do, please ensure that you're using professional products. I know out there, I'm not going to say names of companies out there that are hot, trendy. Um, And, you know, if you see something, why don't you look at, is there something in our professional market that complements and still mimics of what's out there in the trends, instead of running to those retail stores that anyone can go buy? Um, And you're buying it at retail yourself, even if they're offering a 10% because you're a professional, your still margins are very, very low, and you're not going to make anything really from doing it because you have to look at your costs involved as well. So do try to find if there's a trendy brow lamination handy little kit now available out there in the retail world. Is there something that you can complement yourself? Because there's things like that happening in our professional product world as well. So talk to your distributor is really important. The other thing is when anything new is coming into play, you want to take a look at the FDA and make sure that it's approved product. The Food and Drug Administration oversees everything coming through your country. Um, Here in Canada, I can speak to that. They can have something, allow it to come in and you're safe for the next six months and then all of a sudden there's an ingredient on there and they take it off the market. So we're going to touch on that a little bit about how you will know through the companies you purchase how reactive they are to those, how on top of that are they, how experienced are they, uh, these brands with the country when they're bringing in importing product, right? Right. The other trend that's really out there is people are really understanding um, the natural or organic product um, as more natural as possible. Mindful of the organic. Sometimes if it's 100% organic, it can, can get contaminated very easily, very quickly. And before you know it, you're ending up with a bacterial skin infection. So be mindful of what's in your products, but at the same time, you know, people are really asking the questions, and same with ourselves and staff are looking into this as well, of looking at the ingredients. What's in the ingredients? Is there anything toxic going on? And, you know, today they're really focusing on the health of the consumer. And that's something that we want to oblige to ourselves to. So you want to find something that's going to complement your business, which complements your clients as well. So choose the products that fit your um, style or your belief system as well. Variety is also a key to this. So yes, staying on top of trends is really important. Um, You know, keeps your clients happy, keeps your employees happy, keeps yourself going too. I mean you're always looking for motivation. If you're offering a couple facials and it's the same facials and you keep offering the same ones over and over, sometimes you got to look at choosing um, how can we change this up or the pedicure. How do you make a pedicure fun now? Um, you know, waxing's a little different because there's not a lot of funness in waxing, but, you know, maybe it's the ambiance of the place or your aftercare product that you're getting. Maybe there's a new scrub or this new mitt, things like that, or what they could apply with it. So really staying on top of things when you're choosing. And then sometimes the costs are lower that way for you as well. Typically what happens in our bigger placement Um, And sometimes our self-employment, right? You are the person, the manager, the owner, or sometimes staff in there will say that I love this product. It's so great. I think it'll do great here. Or you think that, like I said, but will your customers really like it too? And that's a big one. So sometimes it's really maybe find a few key clients that you have and that you could use them as a test. Um, and say, hey, I'd like you as a model. I'm gonna try this stuff out. Would you be interested in in doing that? And even offer it at a very low price point just to cover the cost of your product or something. Um, That works really well. And they think it's pretty neat that you're involving them in your business as well. Sometimes family's good too and friends, but if they're not clients regularly coming to you, maybe they won't appreciate the whole ambiance of your business. So select those people accordingly. And really, it comes down to that customer, right? So, figure out what that means to that customer as well. The other thing to consider is there's some trendy things out there. What's your customer age that you're targeting, um, or what's your average age? And you're looking at what you're bringing in. What are their wants, and what do they want to see? Sometimes, nationalities are part of it. For example, I say that because there's this. You know, great tinted moisturizing cream, but the Fitzpatrick, they don't fit in it because they only have one type. And usually those are only going to be about a maybe a two or a three Fitzpatrick that they tend to cater to. But what about your ones and twos and your fours and fives? That's not going to work that well. So just watch when you're doing that. Um, And then who's making that purchasing? Like who has the purchasing power? If you're catering to very, very young people, is it parents? Is it a spouse? out there like just take a look at what's going on at the full dynamic do your full research and yes the treatments you know you want to pick something if you are bringing things in how will that cater to men we're not we're not getting the male clientele that's out there right now and this has been going on for years men go into the drugstore they purchase last minute they see something they want and they do it that way. So when you're looking at something, you talk to your female clients that you have and tell them, you know, we have this great product for men. I don't know if you know anyone, your, you know, your other half, your brother, your cousin, your uncle, your dad, like whoever it may be, and you could offer them if they're into this as a model as well and get their opinion on it. And then you can start catering to men start bringing in the male clientele it's a huge aspect that we tend to be missing out on in this um, industry as well and like I mentioned before does this fit with your concept your philosophy um, and again with your other treatments that you're currently offering um, do they mix well are they complementing each other does it sound like it's part of your fit as well not so extreme to one level to the other because then there's not a like focus or trend to your own business, your own spa. And then taking a look at the country. Yes, it could be relevant. There's this amazing body treatment out of Italy, let's just say. Um, You know, where is it originating? And is it a great thing there? But will it be a wonderful or amazing thing where you are? And where you're located so take a look at the brand's international reputation how is it looking um, across Canada or across the U.S. I'm just referring to that Italian brand let's say um, and take a look at the reputation it currently has where it is and what you're hearing that's a great thing about the internet nowadays is that you can look and see what people are saying about it all right, big thing too, is you know keeping things simple is really key. Don't overdo it. Sometimes it's just baby steps into something. So that doesn't mean, you know, like I said before, you yourself or your staff or both, you want to keep the control of the product itself. Just because it's a new line and maybe you're getting the whole thing in, it's a huge investment. You want to make sure that you understand the content of the stock that you have, how many treatments you're going to get from this or services, what retail is involved, what's going to complement those treatments, and you do want to make sure that you're really paying attention to it. How many treatments can you get out of that cream? How many treatments can you get out of that scrub or mask, whatever it may be? One thing that is of neat out there is there's a lot of product lines that offer these specialty um, kits if you wish and they give you a step-by-step and they also give you measurements as well so that it's an easy introduction into your staff or yourself so you just follow the steps maybe it's a cool new treatment for the summer maybe you're going to look at doing things for um, seasonal you know, to start bringing in something fun a little bit throughout the year. And that's a great way to complement your current services that you have as well. And the big thing is, it's consistency in the service when everything's laid out for you as well. So if you or you have other staff doing this, it's hard to control what's going on in the treatment room, when you have people doing the same. And when I talk about that, it's because Many times you'll have um, friends going together or they refer people and they talk about their treatments with each other. And they say, oh, I didn't have that serum. I know she didn't mention that at all. I, I, I thought I booked the same thing that you had. You know, so things like that, you got to watch that consistency is so important. And that's easy to manage and control when you can have these um, kits, especially if you're bringing in something trendy or fun or you're experimenting and seeing what would be fun and neat to bring to um, my staff for keep them motivated and also with um, my clients or to try to get new clients as well is a great way to do it. So brand reputation is another one. How easy is it to uh, work with your supplier? And this is something we talk about often. Uh, Being the educator and trainer uh, here for Beauty Cult, I do try to help people understand, you know, when you're looking for a new product, a new machine, anything like that, find out, um, you know, do they support, do they help? Are they gonna deliver on all that? You know, will they offer training? as well, if you're purchasing something online, there's not a person you're purchasing from. Now, what are you gonna do with the product? There's no maybe details to the steps, the ingredients, how it affects the current. Does it work with your current products you have right now? Maybe it's a mask that you're bringing in for pedicures, but your massage cream is different. Will they react together? So it's important to understand not just bringing in something trendy, but understanding at a higher level, is it going to be compatible with your current um, products you're using as well? So hopefully they offer some training with that. and. The day-to-day communications, maybe you have some questions. Yes, you wanna allow some time. If it's a Saturday or a Sunday, and most distributors are open um, Monday through Friday, summer till Saturday. But you know, allowing that time and being aware that they're probably not gonna contact you or reply back to you at eight o'clock at night or at midnight. Uh, but I bet you first thing in the morning, a reputable company would respond to you. So think of business hours of when they're open, And how they would respond to you as well. And that's a good way. Do they answer your questions quickly is an important one. Because if you have something that happened on a Saturday and you can't get a hold of them, will you hear from them first thing Monday morning when they reopen or whenever they reopen, right? You want to take a look and see because that's going to see are they reliable? Are they swift to help you? Um, you know, fix your problems or your questions or challenges that you've had and help resolve it. Maybe something went wrong with the product and it's not working like you thought it was going to work and you have clients booked and you're trying to promote this. You don't want a negative impact in your services to your clients and to your staff. So really look at how swift they are at responding to you. Um, There's a lot of places out there in the world that you can, order from. So it's okay to do it, just find out. And then look at time zones. If you're ordering from Australia, they're on a whole other opposite time zone of of North America, most of most of North America. So be reasonable as well on this, okay? Take a look. You can even ask them, hey, I'm in Canada, or I'm in the States, I'm in California. Um, How quickly would you respond to my emails? And hopefully they'll give you a reasonable answer that you're okay with. If you're not okay with it, that's up to you to say yes or no, to go with the product or ask them, you know what, I think I need need better than that. I mean, a week to get back to me isn't going to be suffice for if I have an emergency. So think about that right from the beginning, set that relationship with your distributor, learn how they work and see if it works for you as well, because how they react at the beginning is just going to carry on all the way on with their services in the future as well. And yes, staffing can be difficult. So, you know, if you're representative is saying, you know, I'm sorry, we're short staffed right now, we're working on it, but you know, they've been really reliable, then yes, you got to cut some slack on that. You got to allow them some time to rebuild that. But if it's constantly all the time, then you know, you are trying so hard to give your customers the best that you can give of yourself. And you deserve the same from your um, suppliers as well. I know I'm putting pressure on all of them. (laughs) Um, Okay, moving into another one. Now looking at international brands. So if it's something that is not in your area, you know you have to import it in, you really wanna look at the FDA again, do they already bring it into your country, into your state, wherever it may be. Canada is a little different, if it can get into Canada, then you're probably gonna have no issues across Canada. Um, sometimes Quebec can be a little bit different, but on that note, usually um, it's gonna come through. Again, the other thing is, if they're already delivering into Canada in good volume and have for many, many, many years, so take a look at that, that means they already understand how the FDA works in this country or the States, whatever it may be. They already have experience. They're probably going to know exactly what on the packaging would trigger the hole. So what I mean by that is a shipment comes in and you're direct buying from your supplier from another country. It could be stopped at the border and held there. And not you may not see it for months and months. And now you're scrambling, trying to figure out how to get this product, and you've been looking at bringing it in. So you really want to understand um, to what level do they have understanding what needs to happen to get it into the country. And if they find something that triggers, and especially with the translational, uh, if they're from you know, distributing out of another country and then translating to the English, sometimes it's the words that they use to translate that trigger the FDA to say, no, you can't have that. Um, You know, you're gonna have to look and consider uh, something else. We can't let you have this product. So now you're talking to the distributor saying they won't, I can't get the product. So really consider those things, ask those questions. How long has they been importing into the country? Um, What experiences do they have with uh, importing to other countries, so the bigger that way the better because they have a lot of experience and more than likely they're already on it as well. The other thing is look at your cost margins because if it is coming from another country, what is the currency and what's the exchange rate and how much higher do you need to mark your product up in order to compensate for that because you still need to make the money. Um, Even if the costs are high, you have to implement that cost into your services as well. So keep those things in mind. So on that note, like I said, you wanna maintain um, the correct amount of stock. So if you know you've purchased a facial box, an institute treatment of some sort, there's 12 in there and you're on your last four, then when are you going to order another one? Because you want to make sure you're moving your items quickly. You don't want them sitting on your shelf for a year or more. Like you want to make sure that you're moving, but how quickly can you bring in that stock as well? Uh, and consider, you know, when it's sitting on your, if you're purchasing at high volume and it sits there for, you know, um, a year or more, then that's lost revenue. You've paid for that. So you really want to look at what moves and how you can get things to move as well. And as I said before, you wanna consider the price. If you're bringing something new in, you definitely wanna look at um, the price of your service, what should it be, implement those costs, especially when you're introducing a new treatment. Uh, Yes, you could say introductory offer, for the first month or your first treatment or however you want to do that to try to get the clients to try it that's okay too one great tip on that is testimonials when they have had it if you're doing an introductory maybe for your vip clients then ask them if they'd be willing to do a google review or um, write something about it or mention it on social media for you uh, when you're posting so that there's a little bit of back and forth with your customers and that what you brought in is really doing what it says or what's exciting about it as well. So yeah, think about all those things. I know there's lots to consider when you're purchasing a product, but look at how it comes into your country. How experienced is the company you're dealing with? Have they been doing this a long time? Because then they know how the FDA works. Uh, You wanna consider Is it a trend that you can upkeep with? Sometimes the trends are very expensive. So you have to look at that or it's saturated. The market is just saturated with it and you're competing with hundreds of others doing the same thing. How do you set yours apart? So sometimes it's okay to say you're not bringing it in or you get very creative on how you can bring it in as well. So sometimes too working, like I said, with the distributor that you have will help with that. Hopefully they can work with that, especially in the training um, and education department of that, or the sales reps that are are working with you. Um, Really ask them, see how long they've been in the industry for and how they can help you with your business. Again, making sure that your staff is fully trained, that you have stock control. So if you are figuring out that you should have 10 pedicures out of the scrub, that you're getting 10 pedicures out of that scrub, not five because that's already, you've lost half of your margins right there. So really look at your costs. You can make money in this industry. You just have to be really smart about how you're doing it. And a lot of it is because we're not controlling the back bar of how we're using in our services as well. The other thing is retail side of it. Are you retailing the product to support the service? Or maybe the trend is the retail product. Um, Ask for the recommendation of how much you should be charging for the retail. Typically, it's double of what you paid at cost. Again, it depends on the margins and where you're buying your product from. So, for example, the euros is very, very high. The states is as well. And sometimes bringing in that product just pushes it right out of the margins of what you're able to do with your current clients. So get creative and take a look and search the market. Maybe there's something comparable um, that's going to work with you until you can maybe financially reach those other products as well. So try to stay with the trends, be creative, ask questions. Um, you know, correlate with other people maybe you know, get friends or family involved, see what they think of it as well. And that's kind of um, some of the things you can do when you're bringing in a new product or new equipment. How does the new equipment work with your current uh, skincare line? I mean, machines are a big thing and a lot of people are purchasing them. Can they help you with a protocol of what to use with your current product line with the machine? And that's why sometimes ordering online, you're just ordering online and they're not gonna be able to assist you because you didn't purchase the machine from them. They won't probably help you because that means they're liable now. If you purchase the machine from the same place that you're purchasing your product line or you purchase other machines, they know your product line, then that's something different. Just work with your distributors, ask the questions, but do understand there's limitations on that as well because there's liability involved. All right, so moving into your questions, I just wanted to say thank you for submitting them. I've had a lot of responses to this, which is great. And and a lot of this one came up. So they kind of correlate together Uh, starting out a new business, um, they're new to the industry, new to the business, and want to know how to get going. Um, Even consent forms came up and I'm thinking consent forms was a question, do's or don't do it, or how to do it. So let's start out with um, when you're new and you're starting out in this industry. So you want to take a look at, um, are you looking at doing your own business? So if you are looking at doing your own business, sit down and plan it out. You wanna sit down and look and see and have a business plan, no matter how small you are, have projections and goals, your short-term goal, your long-term goals, they're really important. How are you gonna do your services? What's the breakdown? There's a lot of things involved in starting a business, not just saying, okay, I'm gonna just start doing nails out of my home. It's a good start, but you do need a plan. You wanna know what costs are involved as well. Uh, If you're new to the industry, you're going to be needing experience. And that's a big one. So are you gonna work for someone else to gain the experience or are you gonna do it on your own? It's really up to you. You decide how you want to get going. It's nothing wrong with doing it yourself. The only thing that I would say is try to get involved in these workshops or um, or these types of things. Stay in tune, do lots of reading, because when you're on your own, sometimes you get disconnected of what's going on out there. So you miss the trends. You don't know what's going on. Um, you know. So uh, and maybe you can. Uh, befriend somebody in the industry maybe you're a lash tech and you know as you're doing other clients maybe they know do you know a good nail client uh, a nail person do you know someone that's a great waxer and start correlating with them and working with them and maybe cross promoting with each other is another way to do it it could even be your you know location is right by an insurance company maybe go in and introduce yourself to them talk to them offer them And you know, it's really about building relationships amongst professionals and uh, from the people around in your area as well. Consent forms, yes and yes and yes, that's all I can tell you. Now, how many should you have? It depends on your services. Sometimes your consent form could just be that first page is preliminary, the same information you're gonna ask every time, their name, their age, address, medical history. Um, They have to sign it. Uh, In order to do it, that protects you. It also, your insurance company is probably going to tell you. So hopefully if you're doing your own business, you have insurance. And and they can assist you with what you would need or maybe guide you through that. Especially if you are bringing in new product or a new service, will they cover you? There's people who have started a brand new service and found out their insurance company after they purchased the equipment and the product That they won't be covered so now they're seeking new insurance company to cover that part so be aware of that side of things if you are adding to it maybe it's something at the top of the page your consent form is their name and they acknowledge their medical hasn't changed because it's going to reflect to the other now these can be hard copies that you store Um, please take note if you do that you need to have a lockable filing cabinet for the privacy act so that you're locking that information up. If it's online, then you just submit the forms online and store it there as well. Uh, Make sure you have a secure uh, browser and a a site that you're using that will make sure that everything is secure. So there we have it, trying to keep this at the 30 minute mark. Uh, Thank you again so much for joining me and I hope to see you again. Thanks for listening to Beauty Babble.